This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated Teen G show. I'm Philip Gilfus, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host, assistant engineer, Daniel Prue. Daniel, aren't... Aren't you supposed to be at a meeting with the rest of the engineering staff? Uh, not right now. Uh, because I'm assistant engineer, I, uh, I actually have to run things on the outside while the main engineer is, the chief engineer, as we call him in the business, um, is in the meeting, running the meeting. So I'm actually watching things on the outside here. Okay. Now, are you the guy who advances the slides on the PowerPoint when he gives the presentation? Yes, occasionally I will do that. Um, it's a pretty heavy responsibility, and I take it very seriously. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um, I'm also joined by my co-host, Darren Moser, who is the senior holodeck technician. Darren, are are we experiencing any problems with the equipment today or this week? No. Uh, actually, systems are in an uncharacteristic fashion functioning properly, I, I'm just drafting up my, you know, fifth attempted proposal to add a, uh, a scenic, you know, kind of antechamber hallway leading to the holodecks. I really feel people just, people aren't comfortable visiting the holodecks without, you know, a lobby. Uh, it just allows for a little bit of privacy and, I mean, can you imagine if people could just walk in to any any type of simulation you're running? What if you were running an underwater simulation like Cetacean Ops? People could people could drown, Philip. That's true. And oh, well, I guess I'll I'll clean that up in the hallway later. Yeah, he'd better. Okay. Well, um, from hopefully everyone can tell though, from from our introductions, we are actually um, having the pleasure of doing an episode commentary about. Daniel's favorite character, who was introduced in the episode Hollow Pursuit. And, of course, we're talking about um, Ensign Torres. Oh, no, wait, that's that's another episode I'm talking about, uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Barkley. Um, but the reason we are doing this episode in particular is because here at Trek FM, um, we are sort of uh, taking this week to memorialize a, 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 Trek, a member of the Trek fraternity who passed away this week. Um, and I'm sure you've heard in our other shows, and you'll hear in other shows this week, about um, Cliff Bowl, who was a longtime director on Star Trek in, in various incarnations in the series. Uh, he passed away on February 15th. But as far as Teen G goes, um, Mr. Bowl directed 25, 25 Next Generation episodes. And it's his like leg- one season. I it's like know, one but- season's worth. <laughs> and and not only is his leg- does his legacy live on in these episodes... But he has an entire Star Trek species named after him. That's right. The Bolians are named after Cliff Bull. And no matter whether they're inter- involved in alien conspiracies or cutting hair, you know, this proud race lives on. And, and, and briefly, it's, it's actually not that brief, but I, but I do want to kind of, in honor of him, list all the Next Generation episodes that he directed. Um, and so take a deep breath here. Uh, they, they include Lonely Among Us, Hiding Q, Conspiracy, The Royale, The Emissary, The Ensigns of Command, The Hunted, A Matter of Perspective, Hollow Pursuits, which we're doing today, The Best of Both Worlds, Parts 1 and 2, Remember Me, First Contact, Cupid, Redemption, The Silicon Avatar, Unification Part 2, The Perfect Mate, Realm of Fear, Aquiel, Starship Mine, Suspicions, Liaisons, Eye of the Beholder, and Emergence. So that covers a lot of the next generation from season one to season seven, I think, right? Emergence was season seven, I believe. Um, I believe so, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's when the Enterprise came alive in a way that totally did not make sense. New Vodafone oh, anyway. City! <laughs> so as as we were we were talking about in the Arboretum, that they're sort of, you know, 
uh, various levels of, of quality and appreciation in all these episodes, but there's no denying that obviously Mr. Bull um, had great influence um, um, with the next generation um, and, and what we see. And so we're very proud to do a commentary on Hollow Pursuits um, because, you know, I, I'm sure that people are like, well, why aren't you doing Best of Both Worlds Parts 1 and 2? Because A, that'd be too easy, and that's not what we do in Earl Grey. Um, and and we have talked about the Borg already this month, but, but I mean, I, I think uh, Mr. Bull does have the distinction of being I don't know if the only one, but at least one of the few directors to direct both two-parters. Because he did Unification Part 2. But he was the first yeah, to direct yeah. a two-parter in Trek. Yeah, so he didn't do Unification Part 1, he did do Part 2, but he did do Best of Both Worlds Parts 1 and 2. So the, sort of the, that whole arc, if you will, was, was under his direction. So as I said, we, we, we certainly wish our, our, uh, you know, our, our thoughts to, uh, to his family, and, and his passing is certainly a loss to the Trek community. Um, and we're honored that Trek FM can kind of give tribute to him. But as I said, what we're going to do this week to, to commemorate his life and his legacy is to talk about Hollow Pursuits. And so, as usual, we're going to start um, just with the episode. And so whether you're watching it on Netflix or whatever other playback device, I think they still make DVDs, right? Is that still a thing? Well, and so, the Season 3 Blu-ray is out, so you could uh, capture it in all of its right. HD glory if uh, you're so inclined. Or you can just rewind the videotape to the end, and we'll wait for the FBI warning to go by. What, what's okay. a videotape? What do you mean? Like, oh, let's I'll, rewind. <laughs> it's an involved. Those being two kind. triangles. <laughs> okay, so if everyone's ready, we're going to start this, and you don't have to watch the episode. You can just listen to us being awesome, or you can watch the episode with us. But we're going to start here in three, two, one, and play. Shh. We got the. Ten forward doors opening up, and Troy looking very, comes. very lovely as always. Is this the first time that she comes in this dress? I don't believe we've seen her in it before. Oh, I love the opening here because it's sort of like an old west. It's like we don't want any trouble here, Deputy Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long does it take the average uh, viewer to figure out this is not real? How do you, how long do you think? Like, when in this episode will we realize? Or in this scene? I think when Barkley uses the word pal, it kind of falls <laughs> apart then. So we're, what, you know, 37 seconds in. And I mean, definitely when he shoves the forge over a chair. But why is the pilot from A-Team in a Star Trek uniform? No, but but, no, but yeah, true. but we don't know. Like at this point, we don't know Barkley. So we don't know that he's not yeah. supposed to act this way. So that's what I mean. Like maybe that he could be an insubordinate. This, I think, would probably be the moment when he's... Yeah, when he gets I mean, the one up on Riker and he's, like, holding him down and, like, he could snap his arm, that's when you're like, wait a minute, is this an alien? Because no one gets the drop on Riker. I wish somebody would call me a pretty mannequin. I mean, that's is that really an insult to Riker? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, basically, the, but in this whole scene, you know, this new character, you know, Reginald Barkley we've never seen before is just tossing around the senior staff like like mannequins and he's putting the moves on on troy yes on a very resplendent troy which is still in blue by the way that's true and she's uh I think she's still she's almost as excited as she usually is for chocolate ice cream but by seeing this these acts of heroism <laughs> from barkley so well, she well, she's in blue, obviously, just it's like the Power Rangers. They have to wear similar clothes to their division, even when they're off duty. You know, so that's how you know. Which makes things really Tro- uh, hard for Wesley because he has to wear all sorts of weird clothes because he, he represents all divisions. As uh, Well, that's why he's got the rainbow stripes on his shoulders. <laughs> he's got gold, blue, and red. It was uh, all so the- a holodeck fantasy. Oh, my gosh. Uh yeah, we like we didn't see that coming. <laughs> well, we have because we. So, it. But this is this Barkley is interesting. Unfortunately, gets called away. Right, because I I know um Daniel and I had our Lieutenant Barkley discussion on the ready room number blah 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 when we talked the nth degree. <laughs> um, but but you know sort of the the the, the character of Barkley and, and and I know Daniel likes him and and I have problems with him, um, but but like Darren, I don't, we have never heard your Barkley thoughts because here we have. The senior crew saying, oh, my gosh, we have this trouble crew and we don't know what to do with, which we've never seen on Enterprise, on The Next Generation or any Star Trek before. No, I, I think it's a unique, you know, take on Star Trek because, yeah, I mean, this is yeah, supposed to be the best of the best. And you have, you know, there's no limit to what humanity can 
do. I mean, if you want to apply yourself and you want to go to the academy, you could be whatever you want. Well, but what if you just, what if you have like a personality issue or what if you're afraid of like transporters or, you know, or you're, you really, really like the holodeck, you know, that it's a really great look at almost the every man, you know, how does the, how do they fit into this utopian future, uh, stammering along the way? <laughs> Well, it makes. I, mean, I forget if the episode explains it, which we'll find out here in a few minutes. Of like, how did he get assigned to the Enterprise? It's like, you know, usually you have to be good. It wasn't just like, eh, the captain owes me a favor and I had to take this guy. But I, I think I f- they eventually talk about it, right? And I feel like clearly, you know, as he goes on and moves into Voyager, it kind of establishes that he is really smart. Like he 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 is kind of a talented. What is he? A diagnostic engineer is what they state. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, it's just that he can't deal with the with the people like he's that's the only, which is fine like, i don't know i i like him I, I i think he just represents as much as star trek is about our future and and moving beyond our problems i feel like he kind of represents a lot of and not to be insulting but a lot of uh you know star trek you know, sci-fi nerds in general, right? Like, I, I do. I feel like that's it. What, what are you saying? He's a caricature. <laughs> he's a ca- Okay, fine. I won't even say that. I will say he's a caricature of someone like myself. I'll just say that just to put it on me and not on anybody else because he, he you know. He, hey, hey, Lieutenant Peru, I'm tired of seeing your name in reports. Yeah. But I, I, I love Barkley. I do. I love every, every appearance he shows up in, even in Voyager. And unlike the Borg and Q... Voyager doesn't ruin Barkley. Oh, did I say oh. I'm, I'm just to teasing. To the journey. I'm just teasing. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, because I, 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 I think one thing I, I said when we did our Ready Room appearance that I actually like Barkley and Voyager better. Um, and again, I don't hate him on Next Generation, but, yeah, I, you know, I'm just, I'm a five on him between one to ten. <laughs> okay, well, as the opening, you know, titles draw to a close basically Barkley was called into the cargo bay to help in a bit of a mystery as some of the anti-grav units are failing and some old containers are leaking you know uh, production haze so we gotta get that to the you know oh there might be clues (laughs) but we can't say the word clue too many times or it'll become a title (laughs) let's see oh goodness in the future all crates are hexagons just is it so, for Brian except, yeah, except when they're octagons. I'm sorry. So, you know. Yeah, you're right. Octagons. I apologize. Yep. And pentagons. No, there's both. You're, you're bo- we're both right. And if you play it backwards, no. it says Paul is dead. So is this, you um, know, is this, oh, I think these containers are full of Counselor Troy's secret super chilled chocolate supply. And that is why they're <laughs> moving them, uh, you know, and that's why they, you know, have the the fog coming out if they break uh produced by iris Stephen bear so oh there, look at there. that yeah so if yeah, we this uh, is third season which, which which daniel and i and and i don't know if darren if, if you do too this is our favorite season third season so you get chief o'brien almost in every episode in the third season that's when he really started to get on a two and you know what there. i don't think he really suffers in this one so directed by cliff is, there's Cliff's name. So the isolinear chip, I guess, was hot there. Is, is I, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I understand. Uh, now even Jean Luc is worried that he has a crewman problem. Yeah, he's like, "What is this crewman? Pro- is this even an option you can select on these personnel reviews? Because everyone I work with is outstanding." <laughs> See, and it's interesting too because broccoli. <laughs> in this scene uh picard mentions right that he he came highly recommended from his previous work, work experience right and uh, yeah yeah although i think they go on to say that you know they might have as i think uh, they put, right their right. bread might have been buttered <laughs> yeah right. buttering our bread 24th century <laughs> slang but yeah, I think they might have been like, hmm, how can we get Barkley off our ship? Let's recommend him to This the guy's Enterprise. awesome. <laughs> well, you know, stars. This, yeah, they left him a good iTunes review and, and a good Yelp one, too. 
But now this is, and this is going to be very, I know, me being serious, which is whatever. But I, the one thing I really like about this episode is from, and this like a human resources perspective, but having been in the military, I mean, you see this too all the time. Of people, oh, I'll just pass them on to another team. You know, nobody actually stops to try to improve the person who needs help. And I think one thing I really admire about Picard here, he really shows his leadership skills and says, hey, Commander LaForge, how about you use that rank of yours and actually develop your personnel? You know, <laughs> this isn't my problem to get rid of at the captain level. You're his supervisor. It's your job to make sure he performs and not just pass him off and pass him off and pass him off. So I think it's something I really admire about Picard showing this, this sort of forcing Jordy to develop himself as a future commander. I, I have to say this because I just recently watched Phantasms, which is um, the episode later on when Data has nightmares. And uh, there's a young ensign in engineering that has a crush on Geordi, and he can't stand her. He's really annoyed with her throughout the whole episode. It's just a small B-plot that, that, that runs throughout the series. And, and watching these two episodes back-to-back, I'm thinking, you know what? Geordi's kind of a jerk. Like, for, <laughs> for the guy that has so many social issues and problems himself, he's super quick to judge people and, like, put them down and, like, be really dismissive of their feelings. And I'm like, you know what, Jordy? No, you don't, you don't get to do that, man. You're not, you're not that. I mean, I like Jordy, but man, lighten up on people below you. Well, I think it's important to remember that Jordy got promoted a little fast, and maybe it's taking him a while to learn how to be a lieutenant commander. He was a lieutenant for a year. He was, you know, lieutenant junior grade, promoted to lieutenant for a year, then lieutenant commander right away, and then Data's like, hey, how about I get? A promotion, never mind two in the next seven years. But anyway. So, well, no, the rank of so. lieutenant commander, that's honorary, isn't it? <laughs> no, he went to I the academy. Love- all, all his, uh, he'd put in his full time. But. I, I do love Jordy. You can tell that he's forcing himself to be nice. Like, fine, Reg, t- take take your time. It's it's fine. Well, and when it's, Picard it's good. told him to be, you know, make him your best friend, I almost expected Data to like come bursting into the ready room, <laughs> going, uh, "Sir, I am officially Jordy's BFF." Uh, if you, in case you didn't know, he is my Doctor Watson to my Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> well, nobody saw that. There was one of the cutscenes in season one where Picard actually gave that speech to Jordy. Jordy's like, "This android keeps bothering me. We're seatmates. God, will he not just shut up?" And Picard's like, "You better pretend to make him your best." friend and so what we saw was... <laughs> and as we see in this scene here uh, we have Jordy holding the iPad generation one <laughs> yes yes it's got a tiny square screen but you know and he's facing the wrong way so he you know it's like you when you flip it around the, the image writes itself so that people can see what you were looking at and it's very common technology but this is also one of those rare spottings in, in, in the battle, I'd say six or six years, maybe even seven, all seven years of the engineering staff. <laughs> Normally it's like two people found in main engineering. We have like eight people around this table, including, you know, I would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been that engineering team and Ensign Crusher. And they're Ensign too. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair, this is this scene here is actually, in my opinion, and I don't generally feel this way, but it's it's one of the more obnoxious Wesley scenes. Like I totally understand why uh, Barkley gets frustrated with him because he's like, no, 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 yeah, you know, Lieutenant Barkley, you're wrong. I'll show you why I'm you're a wonder wrong. Kid. Here. Yeah. Do you know anything about baseball? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wonderkin. <laughs> no, okay, oh, but yes, but that's it is well, you know. It, 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 and they're they're definitely getting some good use out of the pool table here, and you know, to just you feel like, and and it is again a lot of these parts of this episode are different aspects of a day on the Enterprise that we don't see very often. I mean, we don't usually see the meetings like that they always have, and so it's kind of nice to see that presented, you know, uh, except as, for the ones in the ju- observation lounge. Well, that's true. We, we do see all, see all that, but I mean, I mean, like the you know the department head meetings. Like we don't really. Well, it's not see lower those. decks. It's more like middle decks. Is that what we're saying? It's kind of mid management. We're kind of experiencing. <laughs> well, Maybe middle decks the... was a previous title. <laughs> here we have the fantasy Troy counseling. Oh, she's never kissed Reg without that beard. No, anyway. Um, 
Which I think the one thing fascinating thing about this this episode, one of many things, is is the whole when can you be yourself and when can you not be yourself. I mean, hopefully we're not all as neurotic as Lieutenant Barkley, but you know we all have those times when we're more comfortable around certain people or certain things than we are around certain. So here it's like you know he's comfortable in the holodeck talking to Troy, but not real Troy. And so like for a lot of us, maybe like, you know, when we're watching Star Trek, sometimes it's easy for us <laughs> to like, think about issues and think about problems, but maybe in other you know times in our lives, it's kind of like, Oh, I can't really, but, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking about me, which is fine. This is me. I'll say me, you know, it's, it's easy for me to like, look at, you know, think about things, you know, whether it's a moral thing or, or scientific thing and, and Star Trek and then hard to get in that mindset outside of it. So I just think, you know, you can use this metaphor for whatever, but I think it's sort of an interesting thing to look at for, for all of us. This is just the, the famous, I am the <laughs> goddess of empathy. And I, I just love that line. It's just, it's amazing. That's <laughs> what he Jordy thinks. counseling Wesley. I thought the meeting was for me to so, always be smart. Listen, listen, Wesley, sometimes give someone else a chance. <laughs> so we have at this, at this table here, we have Jordy, Data, Wesley, and um, engineer... I want to say mediocre, Torres? normal, boring. Like, Where, but where's Argyle? I mean, I mean, how do we know it's in engineering <laughs> if we can't see Argyle? What Wesley like George W. Bush here giving out nicknames? Hey there, broccoli. <laughs> I do actually love the the, the little broccoli bit they do, and it pays off love like brilliantly uh, when Picard. It pays off so well when later. Picard accidentally yes. says it. That's just oh man, it is wonderful. The look on his face, he's just like. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then he, uh, broccoli makes a beeline for the turbo lift, and just well, it makes uh, you wonder what other nicknames Wesley has given the crew. Hey there, calculator. <laughs> Data hey wouldn't four eyes. Data wouldn't even be offended by it. And everything on the ship is going wrong. Anti grav glasses, which actually happens a lot in Star Trek. There's a there's a, there's an abundance of yellow shirts in this episode, like we we saw heavy. Yeah, we saw, and yet none of them die. I mean, how do what the <laughs> heck? <laughs> it's true. How can we feel the peril of the episode well, without an occasional yellow shirt death? These are engineering yellow shirts, not security. Like I haven't even seen Worf oh, yet, so that's true. I actually, yeah, I don't know if he's in this. I actually, episode. don't think Worf's in this episode. I think. We actually, I think he might be later on. Like he has one line, maybe. I think, I feel like he does, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Red just being awkward. Like I'm just, I'm just looking at the warp core. Is that, is that, what, is that cool? Yeah. Well, you're an engineer, so I would assume yes, it is cool. No, he's like, are you busy? And he's like, how am I supposed to answer that question? That's because in the 24th century, it's hard to look busy without a computer in front of you, or or a giant iPad. Unless you're Jordy, yes. <laughs> and then you could just be staring at nothing. It is like I'm just accessing the Elkar's database continuously. I'm always busy. <laughs> <laughs> he just moves his eyes around, makes people think he's busy. So does Jordy, but you know. <laughs> oh, wah, wah, wah. that is blindest, Gosh. sir. <laughs> oh man, this glass surely—he's making a lot of scenes here. Yeah, I think it should get its own credit special appearance <laughs> by. Ten forward glass. See, look at this. Even if if the, th- on the bridge. if the three yellow shirts tried to jump the one red shirt here, I think I think they could make a go of it. I think they could take him. Oh, I, I don't know. Because, oh, there, no, Worf. I just captain. saw Worf's back. He's definitely in the episode. <laughs> uh, I saw a yellow shirt back. No, I'm, not, I'm still not. He's the only one that wears that sash. <laughs> but, uh, That's a stunt double. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. We I know. Um, in in a recent watch of Farpoint, I I'd never noticed that there's actually tracks in the carpet for those chairs in the back. I thought they just free swiveled out, but they actually you they pull out in a in a straight line, you know, fo- oh, towards the center know. of the room. <laughs> oh, broccoli. Broccoli's doing his sad Charlie Brown poor walk. Barkley. He just got broccoli. Uh, Metathesis. And then data just doesn't show up. <laughs> this is the best data. Look, he just gets to look from a card and like and I'm looking over here. And he now. just turns. <laughs> and I'm going to start typing something. Uh, Picard is mortified. It's, like it's so funny. Log. It's only taken three years, but I know how to do this now. So this is our yeah. second guy in wardrobe for those who are counting. 
Yeah. Now we got the orange. This may be the brightest. I feel like she has gone Super Saiyan at this point. I don't know. <laughs> uh, she's just, it's very bright, but um, it's almost like she's kind of doing what maybe a counselor would normally do. Yeah. I mean, Jordy <laughs> has a problem with somebody. Who does he talk to? Guinan. Yeah. Guinan. While he drinks his uh, his apple juice. Yeah. Oh. Drinking something. So but. Barkley's a warm milk drinker. I don't know. It seems a little. Yeah, see, that's so weird. Like a little on the nose. <laughs> it's not going to put much hair in your chest, is all I'm saying. No, but Guinan has her sage words of wisdom. I like that. A creative artistic, he's in the wrong type in engineering, really. Engineering doesn't... Doesn't enjoy creativity and imagination. It's like, cool. this isn't Disney's Imagineering. It's just regular engineering. <laughs> I think there should be more Imagineers in, in Starfleet. Uh, uh, Picard, please report to the Arboretum. The water show is about to commence. <laughs> now I'm thinking what the, what the Warp Corps would look like in Chief Imagineering. <laughs> Chief Imagineering. Or, or the holodecks. Man, they just go crazy in there. No, but this is, you know, and again, it. what's nice is, would you say this is a Geordi episode? Because, I mean, it's it's obviously a Barkley, but, no. but I mean, Guinan gets some good fair play. I mean, I, I mean, like I know Barkley's the number one guy, but as far as the main seven, it's a Geordi episode. It can't be a Geordi episode. He's not falling in love with anyone. That's <laughs> true. He's falling out of love with someone. So it, it kind That's, of is the same uh, thing. No, I mean... It, the thing is, it's interesting because this episode definitely revolves, obviously, obviously revolves around, uh, I, was, I almost said broccoli, uh, <laughs> um, around Barkley. And, um, but since he's a brand new character, you know, when the show first aired, we do have to see various characters that we're familiar okay. with their interaction with him. Here we so, go. The problem is finally shown here. You can't walk in. Uh, well, you can. Yeah. That's the problem. There walk into no, someone's holiday. There's a security lock. I mean, no, did, this, this door ridiculous. looks like it would take a Klingon to bust down. Did he? Did he, he override anything, or did he actually no, just walk? No, he right just in? hit the button. Uh, he just went right. boopity boop boop. I'm busting in and see what's going on here. I'm like, yeah, hey, you're right. The computer even said program in progress. Like, hey there, buddy. Wait a second. Nope. He just opened it up. Oh, the Beverly Swing. And what is... I just, <laughs> for the first time, I just noticed that bird that's in that giant cage next to Wesley. What is that about? Oh, my gosh. I just noticed Wesley, that. Wesley, pudding pie. <laughs> I've never seen that before. He kissed a girl and made her Lieutenant Leffler. This is this is actually really funny, um, what he does yes. to each of, the, uh, each of our main characters. Uh, except for Picard, right? We never see Picard in his. Uh... No, no, oh, we, we do. do. Oh no, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, of course. But we never see Worf. Well, we yeah. don't think right. Worf is in this episode. I yes, think, I don't think he was in. I think Michael Dorn took this one off. They're like, yeah, I'm not in there. If I forgot, what's his face from A Team is in there. <laughs> he he called me B A in the trailer, and I just I don't even <laughs> want to be in the same sound. Michael Dorn is like, I'm not wearing the gold chains. <laughs> But so like he makes he makes Wesley even more of a snot nosed kid, and like Riker's like four feet tall, and he can beat all these guys up with swords. It's really funny to see what he does with everybody, all the characters. But it's fun, and I mean, you could tell that Patrick Stewart was having a ball being a sword wielding oh, yeah. musketeer. Well, isn't this, this is like where the main cast like the main actors almost get to be guest stars in their own show i mean I, I think i mean like the actors must have had a lot of fun of just like you know you don't have to be these characters just you know put on some costumes and go crazy like literally and you know patrick stewart of all of the people here must have loved this most of all he doesn't have to wear the silly starfleet uniforms he gets to uh, dress up with a sword and all of these old costumes it's like his little goatee yep, he's yeah. loving it you know he is oh yeah Definitely. No, I, I think this moment here when Jordy's like, hey, by the way, I'm watching you do your fantasy, which, yes. Um, like, what is the 24th century attitude? Because, as you know, Daniel is always telling me how 24th century attitudes work. You know, is it do, do we, like, not care? Like, oh, I caught someone. It's cool. It's cool. It's a thing. No, it's cool. No, is if it, you... Could there at least be a door chime or something no, 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 no. that that I'll, thing I'll, opens? I'll I tell mean... you. I'll tell you the 24th century attitude. Because... And I don't want to make light of this subject, but honestly, if 
<laughs> a lot of people would probably kill themselves if they got caught in their own fantasies. You know what I mean? Like it would right. be, it would be, it would be mortifying being caught by your superior in your own fantasy. Um, at any point, you would probably he, like he actually does suggest leaving the ship and, and transferring off. Um, but they're actually having a conversation about it right afterwards. This that's the twenty fourth century uh, attitude about and, it. Like, and Jordy, you know, because of his previous forays <laughs> into the holodeck, Galaxy's I mean, he child. is the most equipped to actually have this discussion with Barkley as more of almost a peer instead of a supervisor. But do you guys think that's because, like, do you think because, do you think he actually felt a genuine connection through that? Or do you think it's just because Picard told him, hey, he had you an have understanding. Because Picard told him to. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he had an understanding, not necessarily that he wanted to have this discussion. It's like a parent-teacher conference. No one wants to have those. <laughs> but. Well, I, th- yeah, I think it's one of those things where you're, and again, having done this, um, both military and non-military, when you're forced to have to have a talk with someone, not necessarily a bad one, but a look, we have to, you know, work on things um and you know it's you could kind of do have to force yourself sometimes because it's it's like leadership quality to be able to sit down and kind of have to force yourself to develop a personal relationship like i remember uh, what is it um in deja q data's telling q like of most importance is the ability to form interpersonal relationships and q's like i hate that so, like, you know. I'm not much of a people person. <laughs> it's hard. To, what was that line? It's a perfect line. I can't forget. Like, um, like it's hard to be a people person when you're omnipotent or something. I can't remember. Yeah, but. something like that. <laughs> but but Which, here you have Barkley kind of connecting with Jordy. Like, yeah, this is it's it's this is what I'm doing with the holodeck, and it's 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 how I do it, and it's where I'm comfortable, and I'm nervous about anything else. And Jordy's like, it's cool, it's cool. I've seen you talking to the plant in the corner of Ten Forward. <laughs> it's you know, I don't judge. <laughs> Uh, it's really interesting and yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I really, uh, in this scene, Jordy literally just told, um, Barkley to talk to counselor Troy. And I kind of feel like he needs to follow his own advice sometimes. <laughs> Again, to me, Jordy comes off as a huge pompous hypocrite in this episode. Like he's like mean and just kind of just, just doesn't care and it's like look you've you've been in the same place that he has man you're no better than he is you were just in the right place when they didn't have a chief engineer (laughs) that's true you're the only one who didn't die or disappear or whatever it is that happened to the other ones but but I, I think because I you know not only does is and I know I just said this but I'll say it again not only is Lieutenant Barkley being kind of improved in this episode but I think Jordy is too he's being forced to be improved too as as the way he he does more O'Brien yay we all is that transporter love room three it was this is yes, announced the transporter room three <laughs> it's it's yep, his favorite transporter room three good old number three <laughs> but yeah I love this like the subtle acting of Jordy. He's like, glad I don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> and if we check out Riker here, he's obviously doing the Riker maneuver with his <laughs> leg firmly on top of the transporter pad. That's funny. Though I love always randomly when you have non main crew showing up, like Lieutenant Barkley's in every meeting in the show or in this episode, of course, just like nobody else is ever in every other meeting in any other show. But this one is just natural that we just have this other engineer here. Well, and, and just like it makes at the end when they say, you know, take all the transporters offline or no more maintenance and, and O'Brien looks kind of dejected. It totally makes me think of that O'Brien cartoon where he's just standing waiting for something to happen <laughs> and it's like well great now literally i have no job at does he have all. to stay in that room <laughs> well, apparently he didn't walk out the door so maybe he's got a con or something pulls out like a pack of cards and starts playing solitaire no he plays he plays galaga this on is his little console there uh, that's true <laughs> plays a little life form song and no one noticed now this is this is so this is counseling. We don't always see counseling from Counselor Troy. This is what it's like. You go there. She tells you to relax. Not emoting all close over Close your it. eyes. Dims the lights. Puts some candles on. Starts to say sweet nothings in your... Wait, wait. This is actually my holiday program. Wait, what is this going on here? Well, and because of the scene earlier, I mean, we don't necessarily know now, is this really Counselor Troy? Or is it... I mean, it, it becomes apparent very quickly, but... 
Uh, do, do you all use this technique? You know, when you're stressed out, in through the nose, out through the mouth. I did after I saw this episode. <laughs> <laughs> if Counselor Troy was telling me to do it, I definitely, I certainly would. Yeah. We were uh, just listening. <laughs> Parker was like, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's great. Nose, mouth, got it. Yeah, and he just leaves. You cured my influenza. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I think I'm, I think I'm good now. Uh, I'll see you later. He has that great facial expression, that smile. And he almost runs. He plays. He really does, though. He 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 plays awkward and just nervous so well. He just he nails it on the head, which is why it works for me. Because if it was, because I've seen characters who or actors who can't get that down. And that's why I think I like Barkley so much is because the, the, the actor oh, yeah. is so endearing and so good at what The acting's really good. I mean, because it's people just say, oh, well, you can just oh, there's be more. nervous. Yes, okay, I, I knew it. More. I knew he was okay. in there. Yeah. Take but a he's drink. barely in this episode. Yeah, he that's true. Might as well. Okay, take a, take a drink when we spot war. <laughs> and no crusher either, right? No crusher in this episode. Well, well, there's one thing that I, I, I find interesting about Troy. Apparently, there's no patient confidentiality. She just like goes to Jordy. Yeah, he's messed up. Man, whoa, that guy's crazy. I'm like, really? No kind of, you know, <laughs> privacy with the counselor about what you talk about? Uh-oh, now it's time Do you want to see my notes on him? I'll tell you everything holodeck. he said. <laughs> yeah, this Riker's is how he feels had about his mother. Here with uh, Barkley, and yeah, this uh, is this yeah, is even before Riker's had to deal with Shelby. So, yeah, Riker as I love that uh, comment about how he was all, already standing on the uh, transporter pad with the leg up. That's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Executive Vice President for Human Resources, Will Riker, is has had it up to it with. Reg now, Berkeley. this is a soundstage, right? I mean, yeah. there was mm-hmm. a part yeah, of me no, that yeah, wondered doesn't... if it was in, a, in an actual location, but it has a very boxy feel. Now, this, yeah. is, this is a great part here. More more fantasy uh, next-gen people here. Oh, no, commercial. No. I love the dramatic no, and, and then it cuts... Well, and then it cuts back to the Enterprise, and you're like, oh, no, that was going to get good. It's like, okay, then we get back. It's like, okay, good. They didn't cut to, like, a ready room this, scene or something. This does bring up a, a good, like, in-world, in, in should there be a policy against real-world people being used in fantasy? Because I remember Deep Space Nine, and it's been a long, long time, that episode when Quark is trying to get Kira to be a character yes. in the Hollow Suite, But, like, he doesn't have her. Which I think that the logic probably doesn't work with this episode, where like you had to be in the holodeck in order to have a holodeck version of yourself to be made. So, um, but anyway, well, I think I, he was trying well, to. I guess they were all in the like holodeck during Yar's memorial ceremony. So, but uh, <laughs> who? Who? But, but yeah, would, would we consider that? Yeah, yeah. Would we consider that like against? Like, what, what do you all think? Like, what, is it all right to have real people in holodeck fantasies? Uh, I, you know, it's it's a really interesting conversation. Like, think about it yourself. Yeah, no. Would it's, you want it's, yourself to be used without your knowledge? It, it's it's tough. It's it's a we don't live in that world yet, and we don't even really live in a world mm-hmm. like I think that if we had even like a modern contempt contemporary like uh, equivalent, uh, like if you could create a human character in a video game of somebody's <laughs> likeness, that would make a lot of people really uncomfortable. I think. Um, and I, I don't, uh, I, I feel like in the 24th century, to get back to 24th century uh, ethics, I feel like those people would kind of uh, get over it, and they wouldn't have a big deal. It wouldn't be a big problem. But uh, I think initially people would be like, eh. I mean, we have that whole Voyager episode about this, don't we? Um, oh yeah, where, uh, author, author. Yeah, where the doctor writes that oh, program, yeah. and and they're like, they look exactly the same, except they have a mustache or whatever. And uh, they're like, hey, you know, like, this is awful. But uh, I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting conversation. Well, here we have Troy saying, look, it's not a big deal. You know, it's <laughs> fine if if the, you know, Barkley wants to make you four feet tall. Which is a great. I, I, I love how you, I'm pretty sure they had like LaForge on a box or something to, to pull that off. Because it's hard <laughs> making Will Riker look short. I mean, he he's towering over everyone right now. Which, which I do oh. love these episodes that kind of try to take you know a little, um, you know whatever out of the uh, out of the character. So it's like points out like this is Riker being really you know that he is very tall, he is very imposing. But hey, this is kind of we're making fun of that. This is to me this is like 
again, because, of course, Riker has no character development since season one, right? But no, I mean, because here season three is when you see that seasoned Riker. And so he's starting to be, become that guy that he wasn't in season one or two. Here we have... I am the goddess of empathy. <laughs> O-M-G. <laughs> and then yeah, Dorney is like, smile. I know exactly which program <laughs> I'm running later on tonight. <laughs> I'll be in Holodeck too. <laughs> Computer, save this program. <laughs> oh, that Riker oh, smile. Here we go. And we don't. And, and she's in green there, but we actually got a shot of a of a yellow shirt, red shirt, and a blue shirt. Even though she was kind of in a greenish. Te- maybe that's the start of a the bar? teal. Yeah, then maybe they do. Who knows? Worf. Worf is back. See, he's not even not in this episode that much. And this is one of those, like, the plot, like, or the B plot, I guess, of, like, ship not working, bad stuff. Like, you know, it's kind of not boring, but there's not much to it. But that whole Barkley character drama is really driving this episode, and it really works. Oh, are you giving the Barkley storyline a... a compliment there, Philip? Is that what's going on? Or? The storyline, not the character. The storyline. <laughs> so there we go. Red, green, and uh, and yellow. This I, That must be where they're like, you know what? We could do green instead of blue, and maybe that would work out. And then they phase it from blue to green in the longest transition of, of, of history, you know, in, in Deep Space Nine and Voyager, and it changes from from. The blue Cast to the aside green. your mask and let me slip into your minds. Masks. <laughs> Muzzle it. <laughs> there. Oh, yes. That's the moment that Jordy just saved right there. The two Troys facing each other. He said, computer, save this moment. <laughs> oh, see, we got and even then, you know. Gates McFadden gets on the action. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. So, Matt Rushing, oh, we have your... your uh, Rushing program number four here. Which is great is we don't see the wake up. It just cuts to them leaving and you just know. <laughs> you just know it was like, it was bad. It was very bad. The fact that he can even look them in the eye. It's kind of, it's, it's, no, the, and in if, fact, if, if... If the transporters weren't offline, he probably would have be, beamed himself directly to his quarters. <laughs> or into space. <laughs> or into space. <laughs> that, that's the thing. Like, at this point, like... If you want to talk about 24th century ethics, it might be okay to, to make these characters of people you know. What is not okay is interrupting someone on the holodeck. It would not be okay. No. It would absolutely not be acceptable. Even if there's no lobby, like we would say, might be sensible or like a knock or a chime. You just don't – you never go into it because all of those people, Jordy and Riker and Troy, all of those people could have easily contacted Barkley without walking in on him like they could have right. shut the program down from outside or done whatever because he could have been naked or whatever yeah. you know what i mean like whatever but they they obviously didn't do that i mean it's not q but yeah right <laughs> I, I love the hard slap there from jordy all right bam right in the arm do better i don't know what else to do than to hit you hard be better work gooder yeah, but then, you know, unfortunately the Enterprise is breaking down around the seams. <laughs> but but Jordy actually uses the word, coins the term, if you will, holodiction? Right, holodiction. I mean, like, and we've talked about before, that would be a real thing. Like, a lot of us can oh, easily totally imagine would. just never coming out like, all right, okay, let me get out of here. What do you mean it's been five days? Wait, what? <laughs> what is this sun? I think World of Warcraft, but the whole world... <laughs> Or the Sims, exactly. No, I would. Sims, I'll be the first to admit, I, I what, would be hollow addicted. 0, 8 What would it be by then? <laughs> what were you saying, Daniel? I was just saying, uh, I'll I'll be the first to admit, I would have. I would have a hollow addiction. I think <laughs> you know. I mean, why, there's so much going on there. Like it'd be amazing. I would. I would, I be, would have. A, it'd be hard to get bored on this ship. Yeah. <laughs> I would have a hollow addiction. It would be called playing Star Trek yeah, in the holodeck exactly. all the time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would spend my whole time but, on but the Enterprise Darren, D bridge. There's a real Star Trek outside of the holodeck. No, it's actually not. not <laughs> like this. Unfortunately, it's the real world out here, and I would stay inside. No. So, so here we have an example of '80s sexism, race. Oh, I'm not sexism, and um, not racism, but um, xenophobia here, because we only have yep. a bunch of of oh, human wait, males. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's true. I don't 
besides Worf, which we didn't even <laughs> think was in this episode, do we actually see any aliens in this episode? That's no, no. I don't Troy know. is technically half alien. That's true. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Are you putting down beta Zeds? <laughs> Just half beta Zeds. Uh. <laughs> so I'm only half a racist Wesley. That's true. There's not. There's no like besides Data and Worf. Um, there's not even a bully. There's not even makeup really in this episode. That's. I think there should have been a bully in every oh. one. El Orion. We saw there was El Orion. That's true. There was makeup. That's true. Didn't you see Data wearing a mustache and beard? An alien that at least has a little bit of putty on their forehead and like looks not completely human except for a slight difference. Oh, this is my 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 Parkley blurring out. What if it's one of us? But what if we? Pie. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> He's just saying words. Pie engine. Is it? It's like O'Brien in the Deep Space Nine episode. Oh, um, Babel. Oh, what is it? What is the the famous Babel? I can't remember. Yeah. Simple hesitation. So let's compare Barkley. You owe me money. <laughs> let's compare this appearance of Barkley to the first contact appearance of Barkley. <laughs> exactly the same character. It's pretty much the exact same. <laughs> yeah, he had no character development in TNG. No, that's not true. <laughs> well, he had a lot. I mean, I would say the the future episodes, like the one with um, the transporters. So he's not only addicted to holodex, realm of fear, but we'll yeah, we'll later find out he's deathly afraid of transporters. Right. He's just an all-around swell guy. He's like the asthmatic of the future. Like, he's just got so many issues. How did you land this position? To be so fair, like, Star he, Trek fan. To be fair, he has don't. To be fair, he <laughs> he has an apparent justified fear of the transporter because the one time he decides to get on it, uh, there's strange mouth creatures that chase. I was gonna say if if he didn't have the fear before, <laughs> he's definitely gonna have it now. <laughs> Now this is this is I mean I would think most of the time seeing the whole explanation would be boring but this is the, one of the times instead of it just being like oh captain here's the solution it is yeah. kind of cool to kind of see the reason is everything. cool to see yeah it isn't always but it is here at least there's nothing here called unobtainium <laughs> so that's okay yeah. well I remember when they eventually went to confirm and I'm like why didn't they it's like times of the essence why didn't they just beam over to the cargo bay oh that's right they probably would have died <laughs> melted to the ground <laughs> melted to the ground with Riker's foot right up next to their faces it's know? not like the nth degree with Barkley running through the hallway saying I can do this here's I can how do you this. build it <laughs> oh I was forgetting about nth degree that's true no, I, I love the gloves we don't usually see any gloves in next generation no we, this dry ice container has nothing in here. <laughs> <laughs> what? These containers are empty. What are we so worried about? We could just carry them around. <laughs> I mean, if we can't see whatever's in here, it can't possibly hurt us, right? Jordy, you're wearing a visor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, I just can't scan for whatever, you know, the colors of the rainbow, apparently. So. Oh, now, look at that glove. There are sparkly gloves that they're wearing. Those aren't just like white plastic gloves. They're Michael Jackson gloves. They are Michael uh, Jackson gloves. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. Compared to the entire sparkly suits that the original series had to deal with, I think we're okay with just putting the gloves on. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's true. I'm glad it's like Invidium and not Unobtainium because heaven knows we've seen enough of that stuff. <laughs> oh, oh. Maybe well, the clock should... is ticking. Instead of broccoli, let's just call them sparkle. So why isn't Picard calling for them to turn that damn noise off right now is all I'm wondering. Cause we're you know how to keep this, the alert. ship safe, or at least half the ship safe? They separated a saucer. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, it's they just, were going know. to, but they were waiting to the last possible second when they wouldn't have enough time to. We only have all these families aboard, women and children and and men. But, you know, no big deal. <laughs> and men. Cool. Men are there, well, too. There yet. are men. It's a little sexist <laughs> just to say women. <laughs> men exist century. as a thing, but... as a concept, at least. Yes. Yeah. Mine is 190 uh, no. degrees. That's pretty. Let's not separate the saucer. Don't do it. Don't even think about it. Don't even mention it. There is a specific turbo lift off the bridge for this very reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's one thing. Because I, I know like, people are like, oh, they just separate the saucer. Like, they did it three times, including the movie, out of <laughs> seven seasons and a movie. Is that true? I don't know. I've never counted. They, they only did Encounter at Farpoint, right. Arsenal of Freedom, and Generations. So it was the only times the saucer that's was it? separated. 
Yes. It was from Arsenal of Freedom to Generations. Yes. That's a huge jump. That's a exactly. season. Because Arsenal of Freedom is season one. First season. Yeah, so yes. Then, wow, we didn't do it th- seasons two through seven. That's crazy to me. Well, no, no, no. Excuse me. Excuse me. I am forgetting one. It is a Cliff Bowl episode, Best of Both Worlds. Oh, of but course. Was, of course. Why are we? But, oh, my goodness. But that was, a, that was a, that was for what you're supposed to do. It Like, let's separate the saucer to get the kids out. Nope, we're using it to put the kids in danger, and we're firing the phasers. <laughs> I'm like, that's not what it's for. They did it, for, they did it like, the there, there was a... That was a test for the Prometheus class starship, is what it was. So, did Riker actually like put his hand against ops and it's like saucer separation? <laughs> blue alert! Blue alert! <laughs> Activate the fog machine. Oh, machines on the we bridge. get Bev in a Starfleet uniform. She just was in her. That's right. Oh, I didn't notice that. Here, this would be the perfect picture because you got the whole crew on here. Yes, it is. You're absolutely right. All all seven. Just Photoshop One, Barkley two, out. Oh, yep. Wesley too. Yeah. If only there was like a, I don't know. I just feel like there might have been somebody, someone else that would have been standing back there with Worf. It just seems like kind of empty back there. You know what I mean? Like maybe if there was another character, like a female uh, character back there. I, I I don't know who it would be, but oh, like uh, Ensign Leffler? No, that's not it. I'm thinking Ensign Torres. No, maybe Ro. I know she's not in yellow, but we'll go with Ro. Well, I feel like she would have been. I feel like she would have been a, like a chief of security eventually. She was oh, yeah, she would tactics. have risen through the ranks, you know, with her attitude. I don't know. I don't know where she would have ended up. Well, apparently she would have ended up in Kira's job, which would have been amazing. And, and... Let it go, Daniel. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Daniel's just got to let it go. Have you actually heard the song, Philip? I'm just, it's been I'm a while. Just I can't actually remember it. <laughs> Some of us don't have children as an excuse to watch Disney movies. That's not a... Everyone should watch the Lego movie. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. And the end. The end. As it was nice when he said goodbye to the whole crew, you know. Yeah. The holiday crew. Well, yeah. Even though he <laughs> comes back next season. But that's okay. Let's do final thoughts. I'll go, I'll go first here. Um... I, the reason I chose this episode not only was it to, for 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 Mr. Bowl um, and and his directorship here, but again, I, I don't not like Lieutenant Barkley, but I think there's just a there's a bigger issue here with this episode about you know how does the holodeck work? How does how do we work? You know, in the real world, when are we ourselves? When are we not ourselves? When are we neurotic? When are we not neurotic? And then also from a, again from me being kind of boring, I guess a leadership perspective about developing people. Whether it's your work or your personal life, you know, having those talks about, you know, you're having problems with someone, you just don't ignore it, you just don't complain about it. You actually have to connect with them. You actually have to do some work, you know, and make it better. And so, I mean, I, to me, that's very fascinating from an in-world uh, Star Trek and an outside real-world Star Trek about how to kind of how to be a leader. So, I mean, I know that maybe sounds silly, but that, that's really really something I like. So, uh, Darren, what about you? Well, yeah, I definitely I I enjoy the character Barkley. I think he he's a fun, unique character that they use very well. I mean, they do he does pop up on the Enterprise a couple more times, but I always feel he's used, you know, well. Okay, maybe not in Genesis, but uh <laughs> but in all the other instances, you know, I I think they use him, you know, sparingly enough to to just add some flavor to to the main cast and and Hollow Suits is fun. I mean, like we said in the beginning, this is you know it's it's basically not lower decks but middle decks, mm-hmm. and and he does a great job. Um, like deck twenty, you know, it's yeah, it's like deck twenty right around the saucer separations point. You know, um, it's Battle Bridge but, probably. It's Battle Bridge, but no, but it's good and I I do in, but I did enjoy this episode. It was it's a uh, a good one to to rewatch and and to talk about and and uh, one of the many great episodes uh, by Cliff Bull. All right, and what'd you think, Mister Brock or uh, uh, Daniel? What'd you what'd you think about this one? Uh, you know, uh, you know my feelings. I love I love every Bar- uh, Barkley ever episode, um, especially on TNG, but even even in Voyager also. Um, he he to me, I don't, I, it's really hard to quantify why in my mind. Like I said. He represents a reality to me. He he's a nor he's a normal person, and I like that he has faults and, and problems and issues. And he's kind of has to deal with these larger than life characters on TNG, who I also love. But it's interesting to see that interaction. And 
I think that if we ever do get a, a newer version of Star Trek, um, even if it's a newer version of Star Trek The Next Generation or not, we're going to have a character like Barkley who gets to grow throughout the whole series. You know what I mean? If if they had put Barkley in as like a minor character, like if Bar- if TNG was made today and Barkley was put in, in, in the beginning or f- afterwards, he would have grown he would have been featured more often and have grown a lot more. And it would have been a really interesting character arc, I think. Um, But what we got was great. And I'm glad that we got what we got. And even this episode where I don't care about the main plot so much, I'm just like along for the ride for the character. That's, that's, that's what's good about the episode. I don't care about the phasing matter and stuff. So, but I, I, you know, I love Barkley and uh, I, I will, I will make any apologies for that. Well, it's been fun talking about the Cliff Bowl-directed episode of Hollow Pursuits today, but this is just one of the Cliff Bowl Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what else you may have missed on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. Futurama Commentary. Shatner is so good in this. I mean, I know it's it's uh, seems weird to say that. It seems weird to say that a guy is good at playing himself. But Shatner excels at that. Earl Grey. We've all got our claws up right now. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he was scared of her. Like he, he put out his own hand. Did he snap her to death <laughs> with a West Side Story. <laughs> West Side Story. <laughs> when you're a Q, you're a Q all the way. The Ready Room. Damage. That's what made Archer's next statement so awesome. And I'm not rationalizing anything. I know full well what I'm doing. Yeah. Like he he understands the ethical ramifications that he's taking. He knows what's going to weigh on his conscience now. The orb. Runabouts. It definitely feels more like the old west. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're basically in a covered wagon instead of like a train. But so. a covered wagon that can go warp 5. To the journey. Living witness rewrite. This always messed with me when I was younger like the, the the retinas or the nerve endings behind his eyes are dissolving. That's just messed up. Yeah, what? Warp 5. Malcolm Reed. It almost feels like the writers thought it was fun to just keep throwing facts in and dialogue about him. You know, usually in the show Bible, you want to see people do things and they just say, oh, we'll have, some, we'll have this person say this. We'll have a whole episode about how he loves pineapple, but he's allergic to it. <laughs> Commentary, Trek stars. Robert Hewitt Wolf, Riverworld. But when you end up at the end of your thing, having gone from, I'm on a beach and I don't know how or why, to, no, don't take the glowing rock and put it in the spaceship, that will destroy the planet, I guess. That is too far too quickly. Melodic tricks. Five musical favorites. And to see the Klingon ship dissolve in, in the lightning effect with that music playing, you know, at loud volumes... It was it was basically the a geek's dream. Literary treks. Spock reflections. And my favorite is when Amanda goes, "I will never get used to a Vulcan scolding." <laughs> right. You know, we wouldn't take it a, a, as a scolding at all. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. And if you'd like to share your thoughts on today's Earl Grey, tell us what you think about um, Cliff Bowl, any of his other directed episodes, or Lieutenant Barkley, just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there, and you can choose to send a show, and you can choose our show Earl Grey. That'll come to all three of us by email. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page there on the website to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and other listener in our forums at trek.fm slash forums. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm and on Twitter under username trekfm. And if you want to leave us an iTunes review, we wouldn't say no. You know, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. We would promise never to look at any holodeck program you're running if you do that. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Um, Our sponsor is audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have the time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from with new titles coming every week. 
Audible has classics, current bestsellers, and lots of Star Trek books to include Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World. Audible has something for everyone. And as a Trek.fm listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today and catch up on all those classic Trek books you've had yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek.fm. Lastly, there's another way that you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's by adopting some aliens. Because um, we really didn't have many in this episode, but there's a lot out there to include maybe Bolians, maybe. Um, but those are some alien illustrations. If you go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations done by Toba Ushi, who does most of the artwork that you'll see on our website. They're available as both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels for you to choose from. Just let us know which alien you would like and which format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring you this show each and every week. So, Darren, uh, if people want to find you on the interwebs to talk about this and any other Cliff Bowl-directed episode or anything else, where can they find you? Yeah, I think one of the other episodes he's directed I really enjoyed is uh, Starship Mine. Really, really great episode with a pre-Tuvok Tuvok. But um, but no, they can find me on Twitter under Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And uh, yeah, it's really fun to talk about Trek or science fiction. Uh, I really enjoy that. And Daniel, if people want to know how they, they can join your Barkley fan club, where can they find you on the interwebs? Twitter is also the best place. Um, I'm, uh, I am at one up Dan. That is the number one, not the word. Uh, and yeah, I mean, let's talk Barkley, people. Come on. All right, you can reg out with Daniel, and people can find me on Twitter as well at NC Public Servant, NC like North Carolina. Or you can read some of my articles on the Trek.fm site. There have all been about Next Generation. Maybe I'll branch out one day and. I've been told there are actually other series um, to look at. So, um, well, guys, I I really want to maybe check out some more uh, Cliff Bold directed episodes. Um, actually, now that I think about it, I need a haircut. You guys know any anyone that would be good for that on the on the Enterprise? Anyway, it's been great. Make it so. Engage. Live long and prosper. Fire. 